someone on Reddit posted, it's almost like the way leadership and politicians are trying to represent the CF is intentionally aimed at undermining the rank and file's morale. Hey, you know what's bad for morale? Racists. So listen, we all have social media and we all use social media. And sometimes we all say something dumb on social media. I'm Captain Adam Morton. And today we're going to be talking about people who do dumb things on social media, what consequences they can have, and hopefully in there we're going to tell a couple of interesting stories. I'm with Dan LeBoutillier, who is working at ADMPA, that's the Assistant Deputy Minister of Public Affairs, and he is the guy that gets the phone call when somebody does something dumb. Hey Dan, how's it going? Hey, not bad, thanks for having me on. Good to have you here. This is what we're talking about, podcast. We're on a podcast, we're talking about social media. But maybe before we jump into that, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So basically, I'm the head of media relations for D&D CAF. So whenever people do stupid things on social media and then reporters ask about it, then I'm the guy who kind of has to deal with it. Sometimes it'll be your boss who has to deal with it, but I'm still kind of central to that process. So I have a very vested interest in the whole issue. I wouldn't call myself an uh, expert on social media. I don't tweet a whole lot, mostly because I don't have a lot of time and I'm lazy and I don't really have anything <laughs> interesting to say on social media. But basically, you know, my job is dealing with media all day long. And sometimes social media is, is a topic that comes up probably far more often than I would like. Uh, but that's kind of the nature of the business and, and we just have to deal with it. Might as well just come out and say it. Lately, the Army's activities on social media, especially with regards to individual soldiers, has been a hot-button topic in the media proper. There's all sorts of things that have been happening. Can you tell us kind of what's been going on lately with regards to that? Yeah, so, you know, we have had issues where some members might espouse some pretty uh, heinous views on all sorts of topics, especially on race. And so sometimes they tweet about it or uh, put some content up online thinking that, you know, this is going to make them feel better for about 13 seconds or so. But then the <laughs> pain that comes afterwards is not necessarily something that they think about at the time. People tend to not always think about the possible repercussions as to what they do. And these are prime examples of, of you know, the, it's very cathartic for a very short period of time, at which point you have to deal with it for possibly the rest of your life. And it's worth mentioning, too, that to our listeners out there, I'm sure it's going through your head right now. It's like, oh, I did this or I saw this guy do this thing. And you're like, it wasn't even that bad. Why are we making a big deal out of it? But I think for the most part, the stuff that comes across your desk is not somebody who makes an off-color comment on something, but maybe it might be some of the more aggressive things <laughs> that are really like hitting the media. No one calls us for hating the Habs or who they chose for their number one draft pick or anything like that. Oftentimes, we'll see a lot of people who post just thoughtless comments or just plain dumb comments uh, online. And sometimes it'll get them into trouble and sometimes not. And it all depends on what that content is and what the broader context is as well. Sometimes things will be extremely offensive, uh, at which point actions are taken. Sometimes they're just not the smartest thing to put online. And I mean... These are just people, uh, and we're people too, and everyone will make mistakes at times, and, and oftentimes. I mean, they're not intentional. I mean, just our own social media team at one point a few years ago, we posted, we had purchased uh, Australian uh, F-18 Hornets, and of course, we're all very excited about a new purchase. 
Uh, and so we posted a picture of the Australian Super Hornets, which are not the platform that we're buying. Yeah. It was an, an accident. We don't all know what aircraft looks like and what a Hornet versus a Super Hornet is, but you'll have a lot of people who follow our accounts who know defense and know Air Force and know what certain planes look like, and they call us out on it. And there was an article about it. And yeah, it wasn't the greatest move, and a lot of people at the time were kind of upset. In hindsight, it's kind of amusing, though I'm sure a lot of people might still be a bit sore about it. But it happens, right? But that's an example of things that are inadvertent and are not ill-intentioned. Posting racial epithets, on the other hand, kind of a problem. Yeah, of course. And it's funny that you mentioned that, because there's definitely a, a scale. Like, I, I recall one time... Uh, I was working at the Army social media, like doing Facebook stuff. I got a phone call from ADMPA because they had posted a German APC and they called it a tank. And just this poor individual was getting slammed by emails being called an <laughs> idiot because they couldn't tell the difference between an APC and a tank when it's the CAF official thing. And just like even even that is can be kind of disruptive. The thing is, I think everybody has had some sort of experience, and I'm thinking of just like an example that that happened to me this week was I'm part of a group from an old battalion that I was with, and uh, they posted a screenshot of a guy who basically said, I can't remember what the context was, but it was like, we're coming for you, you're an idiot, signed battalion name. You know, and it turned out this guy was in the battalion in the 1980s, so not even a recent member of the CAF, and he's thrown around the capital A army name, threatening people online. And so I would say it's a good news story because the the people in that group were just like, who is this guy? And trying to find him and be like, hey, man, what the hell? But there's things like that that are going down. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's hard, too, because you might remember this in the olden days of social media when, when everything was still kind of ramping up and becoming more of a thing. You had a lot of people who had their professional accounts and, you know, hey, my name is Dan and I work at D&D and I'm posting pictures of planes and tanks and that is it. And then you'd have, hey this is Dan with a different name, but I'm the same guy as that other account, but this is my personal account, and I will here have opinions about you know, political issues or so on and so forth. I think that in its infancy, we had a tendency to maybe disassociate our professional lives from our personal lives, but I don't think we can really do that at this point in time. It's, you know, search platforms will find everything in one fell swoop. I don't think anyone that I know has a separate account unless you're an entertainer of sorts. Sometimes they'll have their, their professional account separated from their personal account or whatever. But for the most part, we all have just one account. I think this is where it's getting harder for people to delineate what is appropriate, what is not what can affect my work and what is not and what could get me fired and what won't, right? So I think we're in a in a very interesting space right now because a lot of people who use social media didn't grow up with it. However, we find ourselves in a situation now where privates entering the forces are what? They were born in 2002, 2003. They have been part of the social media uh, era forever. So they probably understand it way more than than guys like you and I, who we were talking about seeing Tron when it came out in theaters or, or <laughs> yeah, whatever the case right. might be, or, or how, you know, I grew up without a VCR until I was 12. That's ridiculous. Someone joining the forces now has no idea what a VCR is most likely, right? Yeah, exactly. And I sound like an old man when I say this, but times are changing and of course they are. And it'll probably take a generation before we all figure out how to properly use social media because this is just the way things work, right? So at the ADMPA level now, I'm thinking as you're telling me about this, like senior personnel in the military, they've been around for much longer and, and much like us. In fact, I can think of a situation where at one point a senior officer once told me, it's like, oh, I don't, 
I don't do social media. I don't even know why I should care about that. It's not my thing. Well, yeah, that's true. But if you're commanding a unit or something like that, all your troops are doing it and you need to have a, not that I'm telling what a commander should be doing, but probably (laughs) want to have a good grasp of what your troops are doing so that it's easy to wrap your mind around the stuff that we're talking about right now. At your level, what happens when somebody crosses a line? Well, you kind of mentioned it's a very handy tool to communicate. If you have your own unit that you're commanding or whatever, you can reach out to all of your troops at the same time using that one platform. But, I mean, there are repercussions if you don't use it the right way. They can be both professional and personal, right? So we have all of these regulations and orders that apply some to civilians, some to military, some to both. So the easiest one that comes to mind, for instance, is just the code of ethics and values. They apply to you and I. They apply to civilians, uh, military, and some of them are just kind of common sense. They talk about valuing diversity, maintaining and creating a workplace free from harassment, acting all times uh, in the public interest, acting with integrity, being nonpartisan. These are core elements that pretty much come with a job once you sign on the dotted line or you sign your letter of offer. You're basically saying, yes, I agree to these terms. So if you kind of cross the line, you shouldn't be surprised that there might be repercussions. There is no actual scale that your comments will be measured against that's saying, oh, this was in 1 out of 10. This is a 10 out of 10. You get fired. This is not how it works. It's, It's far more nuanced than that. But people need to be aware that there can be repercussions nonetheless. They can be administrative in nature. It can just be, you know, being told by your boss, getting jacked up for whatever you said. And no one really wants that. I don't think anyone's like looking for confrontation with their boss. People tend to forget as well, you can have some personal repercussions as well. If you say something heinous enough, your family might not really be into the same things that you are. So, you know, not necessarily that they disown you, but they might not really appreciate it. Uh, Same with your friends and your colleagues. And so there are broader repercussions than just getting an email from your boss saying, hey, don't do that, right? It can hurt way more than that. There are definitely people who try to, not out of any sense of malice or anything like that, but let's say conceal their involvement in the forces so that they can have maybe a little bit more freedom of expression and both protect themselves and other people out there. But the other thing is, if you think you're doing that, but for example, you've got pictures of you in uniform doing stuff, a motivated individual can dig into your account and then find something from eight years ago that you forgot you put in there. Like, oh, I graduated basic. I did it. And it's all of a sudden, all of that unravels anyways. And that can become a a pretty complex issue. Oh, totally. Uh, Open source intelligence is a thing, right? So you can still glean enough information to at least put together enough of a picture about an individual that you might not know their name, but you might get to it if you do enough digging, right? Yeah. And, you know, you might find clues as to what their email address might be. And then you type their email address in Facebook and boop, there, look, this is the actual person. Like, oh, Joe Smith. So this is the guy. And these things happen uh, all the time. Like Reddit is one of those sites where, you know, you find these stories about people who think they're anonymous and all of a sudden they get found out as to who exactly they are. And there, there are repercussions to these people. And they're actually, they get worse, uh, you know, more as time progresses. So, yeah, good point. You know, that's a lot of doom and gloom also. But let's talk about what are some of the right things that soldiers and people can do on social media that, let's say, keeps them out of the public spotlight. I mean, people want to talk about what they do. Like, we're going to be on social media right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's going out there. We want people to listen to us. 
obviously there's got to be some give and take on that. You know, what, what does right look like? What does a good social media account look like in yeah. order to make sure people are safe, can still talk about their views without, you know, destroying their careers? I think it's quite simple, you know, just be civil. Just don't be a complete ass. Uh, I mean, there's and I can we say ass? Well, I just I said, we'll it, I said it twice. <laughs> but I mean, you wouldn't act that way in public. So you wouldn't walk up to random strangers and say, uh, you're, you know, whatever. Your clothes looks ridiculous because of this reason. And, you know, you're whatever. So why do we do it on online? Most people don't unless they have like a fake account and, and you'll go through Twitter or whatever the case might be. And, and you'll just be like, most of the vile comments will come from anonymous accounts or fake accounts. And you can kind of tell that they're fake because this person's name is probably not Groucho Smith or whatever the case might be. So if people can just be a bit more civil about things, and if I have to explain what is right and what is wrong on a podcast for people to not post <laughs> stupid Twitter things, then there's a bigger problem here. And I think that if you look at the broader scale of things, most calf members or most people for that matter post pictures of their cats and their grandchildren or their kids or most of the heinous stuff does not come from named individuals. They might become named if, yeah. if they are found out. But even in the calf, so once in a while, we'll see someone's horrible comments associated to their name, and then you find out they're a calf member, and then there are repercussions. Always there are repercussions. I don't know how severe they might be because administrative measures happen, and that's between the person and their chain of command, but they happen nonetheless. I would say like the, the stuff that I've seen that I find maybe problematic is stuff where it doesn't start off with, you know... I feel this way about this race or whatever, but it usually starts off like, let's say, so for example, you know, somebody's talking about freedom of speech and then somebody will say, oh, well, this is why I think this is problematic. And then it kind of goes into a back and forth. Yeah. And then that's when you fall down the rabbit hole and then people start saying things that they can't take back. Yeah. And I think that those are the ones where it's a slow burn emotionally and then all of a sudden somebody gets involved and they, they yeah. feel protected behind the, the screen of social media and then they, they start really telling people what they think because they're frustrated and angry and the other person doesn't agree with them. Eventually somebody at some point is like, yeah, no, screenshot, send to ADMPA, look at this nut job <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, now we got to deal with it. And, yeah. and I mean, it, it, it's funny, right? Freedom of speech is an interesting one because people will, the people who will complain about that particular topic won't do it with their actual name. So, you know, if you feel that strongly about an issue, then why are you anonymous online? If you really want to fight it, then do it the right way. It's just kind of amusing to me that people think that they're going to, they have these very strong views on a certain topic, which which I get. And if you want to dedicate your life's purpose to it, then more power to you and do it. But you're not going to do it with 280 characters at a time on Twitter fighting with what might just be a bot that, that is not even <laughs> yeah, a real person. Just some guy sitting in a Russian uh, server farm <laughs> but, just like laughing. <laughs> but, but it's true, right? So you see a lot of this hateful of these hateful comments or just things that are inappropriate or just kind of silly at some point. And you're just like, what is this person really thinking that they're going to accomplish with this? I don't understand it, right? Oh, well... You're ugly. Okay, cool. Thanks for informing the whole world on Twitter on your account that has three followers. No one cares, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So so how about you just be civil and maybe you'll have more followers and just put your name there and you know represent yourself and your family or your employer or whatever the case might be. But th this is the thing that I that I really dislike about the whole anonymous 
uh, aspects of social media. And I wish, you know, it wasn't that easy to just create accounts, but this is the world that we live in. But like, I find it very hard to just go on Twitter. I say Twitter, but any social media account for that matter. But I, I follow Twitter quite a bit. And to just kind of see, you know, the comments that just degenerate so quickly, there's just so little value in reading them that sometimes I just like put my phone aside. I'm like, why do I even have an account? I don't need this. Like, this is this is not making my life any better. And it's probably not making the person who's tweeting their life better either. So I just don't get it. Well, I think in the moment, sometimes it feels right. And then, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Then, and then by next morning, you're just like, yeah, it's like I've forgotten about it, just driving on. And, and then that little ticking time bomb is sitting there just waiting to... <laughs> For your CEO to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just generating emails in the background. Yeah. We probably wouldn't be doing our job uh, talking about social media and the military if we didn't at least uh, dip our toe into the realm of politics, understanding that as a Canadian citizen, you're definitely allowed to have political opinions. And, you know, if you're liberal, conservative, Green Party, libertarian, all that stuff. But what it means to say, as a soldier, I think the prime minister is terrible. How does that work? What's the deal with that? Well, I mean, we kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier, just the basic code of values and ethics where you're supposed to be uh, apolitical and be loyal to the institution and to your country. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the prime minister is the prime minister. You might not like him. Do you really have to put that up on social media? I don't really see the value in it. And if you really feel like you do, then you'll have to deal with the repercussions. It's tough because I've worked at Defense for pretty much my entire adult life. I've been here for almost 17 years, so about mathematically 40% of my life. I believe in the institution. I work with and have worked with tremendous people, people who, you know, have fought in like actual wars, like they've had bullets whizzing by their helmets, people who have, you know, fought fires, fought floods, rebuilt nations, cared for Canada's most vulnerable people during this, this pandemic. I mean, I'm proud of myself for just mowing my lawn sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, I feel exactly. like I deserve a pat on the back. And these people who will put their life on the line to fight for our freedom deserve some freedom of their own, right? And I strongly believe that. But, you know, social media, like, like anything else, has to be used responsibly and within the broader regulations. And it's about, it's about self-discipline. It's about our own values and ethics within the defense team and, and just you know, doing the right thing. If people can do the right thing on deployment, surely they can do it on Twitter, right? Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, like at the end of the day, and it's not about censorship or telling people what they can. Well, I guess in a way it is. But the, idea, <laughs> the deal is when you sign on the dotted line that there's just – you give up certain rights. Sometimes you got to work weekends. Sometimes you got to go to dangerous places or places you don't want to be or like northern postings to alert and do stuff that's generally not fun. But that's the deal, right, is yeah. you get guaranteed work. You get taken care of by the Canadian public. You get benefits. Your family is taken care of. But the deal is you can't go on Twitter and tell everybody how you feel about the prime minister at the time. <laughs> and that's yeah. – some people may see that as a free speech issue. It's not really because the deal with the universality service and all that stuff is that unfortunately the expectation is you're going to be professional towards the government. And that's – and I mean I hate to say this. This is like abused way too much I think uh, it, within the military as it stands. But – that's the law, and if you don't like it, vote for a change or get out because those are the rules. And not only that, but everybody knows that coming in. 
that like we get classes on it. It's covered. I shouldn't be jacking up my audience. Audience, if I'm not yelling at you, it's cool. But <laughs> but that's the reality. Like we all we should all know that. If you don't know that, you should probably look into it because it's important. Like it's part of the deal. This, this is life. There are rules everywhere. There are laws everywhere. So, you know, yes, freedom of speech, yes. But there are limitations. It doesn't give you the freedom to hurt someone else or to threaten bodily harm or whatever the case might be. So I have the freedom to move around as I please within my country. Sure, but you can't do it at 160 miles an hour in your Corvette on the highway. You can't. There are rules against that. And if you get pulled over by the cops, try saying, no, I'm free to do what I want in this country. Let me know how that works out for you. (laughs) There's a lot of videos on YouTube about that. You can look it up. So. Well, there are. They're <laughs> it quite entertaining. Go well generally. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, rules are in place for a reason. We don't all have to agree on every rule. This is how a democracy works, right? It's, it'll be determined by the general population, uh, to a certain extent, at least. So you know, we just have to accept that they exist and try to uh, work within them. So there are things that you can say and things that you can't say, and that's just like you said. Them's the rules, them's the breaks. I think that we tend to forget that with social media because it's kind of a new thing, right? It's, okay, so Facebook dates goes back to what, 06, 07-ish, give or take. Yeah, when okay. it really took off, yeah. Exactly. So, oh, well, it's been way over a decade. It's been 13 years. That's not a huge amount of time. Uh, technology progresses so fast, and, you know, people are like, well, it's not social media, it was a blog, or I put these comments on an article on the CBC website or whatever the case might be, because we still don't see everything. We see social media almost as a separate entity, but it's so ubiquitous that that it's part of everything. It's just the web now. Twitter is not separate from everything else. It's a social media platform, sure, but it's all part and parcel of the same thing. This is kind of the point I was trying to make earlier, but you know, it's going to take probably a generation to for all of us to kind of figure it out that you know, and by that time, there's going to be something new that is going to be even more offensive or whatever the case might be. But it's just going to take time for us to all get acclimatized to it. Uh, like I said, I mean, I didn't grow up with social media, nor did you. It just kind of became a thing. I'm not a social media expert. I'm just the guy who has to deal with it when people you know mess it up within the forces or DND, and I see some serious consequences to these people. I've seen people get fired, you know, or, or disciplined or whatever the case might be, and and rightfully so. It might be worth mentioning also that, like, there's personal consequences. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily think like this, but if you're going to commit your entire life and put your life on the line and put your life at risk and then say something dumb on Twitter that tears apart the forces at a, like, at a parliamentary level... What's the point of all that sacrifice that you've made yeah. if you're going to hurt all the soldiers around you? Because maybe maybe the Canadian public says, yeah, we don't need an army. And now all of a sudden our operational capability is degraded as a result of the Canadian public thinking that we're a problematic institution that doesn't need to exist anymore. Well, it's kind of funny because eh? uh, in that vein. So it, it does uh, impact, I guess, at the core or can impact operational effectiveness if you know that your brother-in-arms has certain views and posts certain things on Twitter or whatever the case might be. It's a problem. And what it kind of reminded me of a story that kind of a wild story, a thing that I saw about the new Canadian Army uh, order uh, on hateful conduct. So someone on Reddit posted that, no, it's it's almost like the way leadership and politicians are trying to represent the CF is intentionally aimed at undermining the rank and file's morale. 
And so this person is like, every sensible person agrees racism has no place in any institution. It should be rooted out. It's just weird how they purposefully represented the CF. So it's kind of these weird comments that show up on Reddit and the Canadian Forces subreddit, which is like, okay, what's the point of this comment? And someone responded back saying, hey, you know what's bad for morale? Racists. You know, and <laughs> exactly. and and this other person ended up deleting their account or deleting at least their comment, and so some social media accounts are, or social media platforms are kind of self policing within certain groups, and I think that kind of happens in real life as well within units. So I don't, you know, it's obviously a problem. Uh, statistically speaking, I don't know how much of a problem it really is. But given the number of social media accounts that probably exist within, you know, CAF and D&D members and the amount of issues we have to deal with it, you can kind of come up to your own conclusion on it. But there is a certain degree of self-policing that happens. It's obviously not enough. And I think it's a lot of it is culture change uh, that takes time. It has to be done willingly and deliberately over, over the fullness of time. And I think that's kind of the core of the issue, especially when we think about you know, people tweeting heinous, vile things on Twitter. It's not because Twitter exists that these people have certain views. They just use that as a vehicle to to communicate them. But th- there's a bigger problem here at play. So I think that's kind of the core that we have to look at as an institution is, you know, how do we fix that? I'm going to just like maybe throw this out there as a, uh maybe a challenge or to see what your, your comments are on this, because I've had this discussion with a couple of people to kind of like talk a little bit about that comment that you just brought up. Soldiers have like offhand comments and make things like, I remember when I went through basic, everybody was something, you know, somebody's a computer nerd, somebody's a, a hick from Alberta farmer, some, you know, there's always something to tease and joke about. And I think particularly among people who operate in high stress environments, you see this as a, a morale building exercise in a sense that you're testing your friends to see what their mental state is like. Uh, so if you make a comment to somebody and it's like, an, uh, hey, how are you doing today, you big hick? And that person reacts really negatively to that. You're like, oh my God, like what's going on, buddy? Like what's, what's wrong? And we kind of have these, we test each other with that as a means of building camaraderie. And it's certainly possible that troops may view this as an attempt to lock down their ability to do that, to just like build that that camaraderie and morale. What would you respond to that, to somebody who has that perspective on that? Yeah, and I think everyone kind of does that. We tease our friends, our buddies, and sometimes they react a certain way, sometimes another way. And it depends on one's mind, the state of mind of the you know, they might have something going on or where their case might be, right? I think that's normal human behavior. The issue with social media is that, you know, you can't target it, your comment just to your buddy unless you send him a DM or whatever, at which point it could still live forever if they screenshot it and decide to use it against you or whatever the case might be. So joking around in, in a certain context is is always going to happen. It's It's been a thing since, you know, the dawn of man, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But... On social media, if, even if I want to be like, hey, Adam, you big nut, you know, you, you crazy guy or something far <laughs> yeah. more offensive, whatever. Yeah. All of your followers on Twitter are going to see it, none of whom know me. So their interpretation of those comments might be vastly different, right? So if you're talking to your 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 hick buddy from Alberta that you just mentioned, and you're like, hey, Joe, you farm person or something, whatever. Yeah, you big fat hick, what's <laughs> exactly, going on? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He might just be like, ah, you're an idiot, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you'll have this interaction with this individual and it's a yeah. moment in time and it's a moment in time between you two. 
that same interaction happens on Twitter. It's a moment in time between you two and the rest of the world. And it will live there forever. There is a definite danger in the way that people, uh, be it, you know, CAF or not, use social media and how that could turn into disinformation or misinformation. We saw it just, I think it was in March when a lot of this COVID, when the pandemic was really gearing up and, and you know, people were starting to work from home and there was a lot of uncertainty in Canada and across the world as to what would happen next. And so there were questions about, are they going to lock down cities? And in the meantime, Maple Resolve got canceled and they were bringing back all these. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah, bringing back tanks and light armored vehicles and, and so on and so forth on trains. And people saw this and they were posting on social media that, oh, my God, like they're moving tanks around. They're, these ones are coming towards uh, Montreal and Montreal was pretty hard hit by COVID. Are they going to lock down the city? Is the military going to institute martial law and so on and so forth? It's like, dudes, like, relax. We're just bringing these back to Gagetown. But no one asked, and they just put this on social media, and then it kind of spread from there. And then yeah. we're getting media call after media call about whether or not you know these were headed to Montreal and what the plan was. When really, it was pretty innocuous. The X got canceled, and they're just going back home. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? You know, not really. I, I feel like it, it. I feel like I sound like I'm anti-social media, and I'm I'm not at all. I I think it's great. It's a great way to communicate and express our views learn more about the world, what's happening. But I just feel that there is enough hate that shows up online that we don't need to contribute to it. Uh, if we can just be civil and responsible as to how we we as an institution use these platforms, then we're all the better for it, right? I think that Canadians expect more from uh, CAF members, as, and you might already feel that way too. So, like... You know, I kind of feel the same way as, as just a member of the defense team as, and working here in awe of the work that people do. So I just want us to kind of succeed as an institution. And, you know, being self-serving and lazy, I just don't want more work. So just <laughs> just don't, don't post this crap and I won't have to deal with it. <laughs> Facebook the world like you would Facebook your mom. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's perfect. Go. Tagline. Somebody put this at the front. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Dan LeBoutelier <laughs> from ADMPA. He's dealing with all the mess-ups that we've been doing <laughs> on, <laughs> on social media. Thanks for coming, Dan. Including this podcast. It was my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Captain Adam Morton with the Canadian Army Podcast. As usual, follow us without typing anything horrible <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And as usual, stay frosty. Oh, stay frosty. Look yeah, at you. That's my thing. I don't know. We, we actually get emails about that. Eh? Where did Stay Frosty come from? I don't know. I picked it up from Army stuff. Apparently, it originally, like, the, the it, it became active in pop culture in Aliens, like, in the movie Aliens. Oh, okay. Which I haven't even watched in recent. I, I got It's on my to-do list. I actually have to sit down and rewatch all of Aliens. But that's where it comes from. So they say Stay Frosty. And so... I don't know. I used it one time because they wanted me to come up with a closing line. That's why I went with it. And now it's my thing. And then I, people like complain to me when I don't use it. So now it's just, <laughs> <laughs> so now I get it. Just, that's, that's what it is. See, I heard it first, I think, in like a Call of Duty game. And then I was talking to uh, General Rouleau at one point. He said, oh, we got to stay frosty on this one or something yeah. along those lines. And I was just like, God damn, that's cool. 
stay frosty. I wish I was like, I wish I was like, I had enough discipline to join like the armed forces. Then I could use those words, <laughs> yeah. but I can't as a you civilian. You know, you can still, you know, you can totally use it as a civilian. <laughs> hey, when you're playing Call of Duty, you can use, you know, just, just, just drop. Yes. Well, you know how it is, is when we develop these things too, like when people come up with this stuff, like, I don't it's really popular in the, uh, in the UK apparently is there's this weird translation. So yeah. you, I, I can't even think of an example, but you're like, you know, you say boots and then people start saying boats and then, you know, other people start saying ships and then people are talking about ships, but they mean shoes. And it's all <laughs> because it's this weird, like from point to point to point. And then it's like, that's an expression now. And you look back a hundred years ago, somebody started saying that and now it's a thing because reasons. Because reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people are weird. 